Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Booth Podcast. It is the local sports show back after a one-week hiatus, just getting ready for some great content for you. I am Reese Johnsby, as always, joined by Davey O'Doyle. How's it going today, Dave? Like I was telling you, I got a, a mean hamstring injury playing some flag football, but uh, the Bengals are a game away from the Super Bowl. And we got a lot of CFL news, so, you know, I'm doing pretty well. How can we not have you on a podcast and not mention the Bengals? They're never this close. (laughs) They're never this close, and they are this close, so it is exciting. Stay tuned for the NFL show coming up later this week where we will preview the AFC and NFC championship games. Moving right on in to some local sports news, we are getting ready for the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, the Canadian Women's Curling Championship to kick off this Friday, January 28th. We've got two teams from Saskatchewan this year. We've got Team Saskatchewan, uh, this team Penny Barker out of the Moose Jaw Ford Curling Center uh, winning out in the, the provincial playoffs there. And then... Off the loss in the provincial playoffs, it is wildcard team number two skipped by Chelsea Carey out of the Highland Curling Club in Regina. So it'll be exciting to see two Saskatchewan teams headed to the Scotties this year. Things kick off there, like I said, Friday, January 28th at 7 p.m. Uh, that's when Team Carey has their first game. Team Barker doesn't play until draw three, which is 7 p.m. on Saturday, the 29th. This is the big one, right? This is like, I mean, there's a lot of big tournaments, but when you grow up in Canada and you grow up watching TSN, the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, that's the big dog, right? That's the one. Yeah, that's that's the playoffs of this sport, right? We will keep you posted as things progress through the Scotties. We here at the booth, we like her curling. Sue us. Sue us. Um, sue us. We don't have enough money, but no, anyways. No, we got about. to our name, so don't sue us. (laughs) Uh, On just a little bit of a sadder note, but we can remember the memories that Clark Gillies has gave us over the years, passing away at the age of 67. Gillies was a huge piece of that Islanders dynasty in the 80s. A big piece for the Pats in 71 to 74. They won a Memorial Cup in his last season there. Um, He was an icon of Saskatchewan, inducted into the Sask Sports Hall of Fame in 2000 and the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2002. It's it's big, you know what I mean? A guy, a local guy like that, to just be a a big, a big skilled member of a hockey team like, like that dynasty the Islanders had, right? But I mean, I can even ask like my, my dad or my grandpa and stuff. And they like, they know who he was. Right. Cause yeah. Hey, this guy was on the team for a number of years in the NHL. Right. Exactly. Yes. He will be missed, but those great hockey memories for Saskatchewan people will live on and rest in peace and thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, moving along, we get into a little bit of Olympic content here as we get ready for the olympics coming up as a little prelude to the olympics we had the winter x games in aspen over this past weekend where mark mcmorris 
Saskatchewan Porter raised wins a, another another gold medal for him, passing Sean White for most medals in Winter X Games history. That Do you remember a- like that period of time when he got like his first medal for Canada when like there's videos coming out about girls talking about how they like a crush on the McMorris twins and stuff. Yeah. Like I remember that. Yeah. It just went like, crazy for like a month of like McMorris mania, man. Crazy for him to be back at his full stride after it was a few years ago. He had a horrific crash when they went off, off trail, him and some buddies. Uh, he went into a tree. People didn't think he was going to snowboard again. And here he is winning, winning medals and headed to another Olympics coming up right away here. And speaking of Olympics and speaking of what we're going to get into in a bit here is our CFL free agency preview. Um, Got to talk about a couple CFL players and CFL related guys here going to the Olympics led by none other than riders safety, Jay Dearborn uh, with the bobsled team. There's another C- oh, a former uh, CFL on that list, isn't there? There is a few here. We got um, former Ticats, Alouettes, Elks receiver Sam Jaguer also on that team, and former Lions and Alouettes running back Shaq Murray Lawrence as an alternate for that team. It's, it's a weird thing to think when you look that like football is a natural transition to bobsled because I remember we remember Jesse Lumsden too, right? Yeah. Former Ticat and uh, – Edmonton player and he went to bobsled after he was done too right there must be some sort of some sort of skill connection some sort of CFL connection that these guys look at what Jesse Lumsden did and think like I'd like to give that a try and clearly it's working out because they're going to the Olympic Games right yeah uh in an interview that uh, Jay Dearborn had with the sports cage uh he said that the off-season training is pretty similar um both sports want fast, strong, explosive athletes. So the weight range for those guys are the same, about 205 to 230 pounds. It's that that big explosive power that you need for football and that you need for bobsled as well. To get that start, hey, to get, keep your speed where you need it, I yeah, guess. exactly. But like, man, like, like you're saying, though, hey, if there's some CFL guys there, we're all on board. I'm. This is my number one sport to watch now is – in the Winter Olympics is bobsled. I'm in for it. Yep, definitely. We'll keep up with all the Olympic content going on, and we will bring it to you from the booth. Moving on to our main topic of discussion for the day, we are a short two weeks out from CFL free agency opening on Monday, February 8th at noon Eastern time. Any players not signed to a contract for next season will become free agents and hit the open market. And this is a big list of guys. We've talked about this before on the podcast. The CFL and the CFL Players Association recognize that there is an issue with contracts in this league and that short-term contracts are signed and you have mass amounts of free agents and player turnover each year. So it's tough, but it makes for an exciting free agent period. Usually, like, is it just me or in the last couple of years, has there been, like, more free agents than usual? I think, yes, there has been, and I think that's 
a sign of the times. Guys want to go down to the States. Want, they want to keep their options open. Yeah. Um, so they sign short-term deals. Um, and yeah, like we've said before, there's no onus on the teams. No contracts in the CFL are guaranteed. So players can get cut at any time and there's no penalty to the team. Whereas a player who wants to step away or who a player who gets cut, you don't get paid or you're still under contract and you can't quit. It's tough. Yeah. I, I remember just like for years, especially like in my high school days, like the day free agency opened, right? Yeah. Between every class you check, check Twitter, check your phone to see like, Hey, where do these free agents keep going? And it seems like now just it's even more and even more, right? Cause there's so many quality, not only just free agents, but like starters, not just deaf pieces, but big name starters that are free agents this year, a lot of quarterbacks too. Right. So yeah. it's an interesting year for that. It is. Uh, we will go through each of the teams here and tell you our thoughts on players who have signed already and players who are, big name pending free agents. So we will kick things off way out East with the Montreal Alouettes. So far, the Alouettes have signed one player to a contract extension. That is D lineman, Nick Usher. That's it. eh? That is it for Montreal. So when we look at who is pending for them, you've got names like BJ Cunningham, You've got – we talked about this because we were looking at – we can't say every name, but, you know, we like we like our defense and we watch the riders and sometimes we watch those backup linebackers and special teams guys. So we're going to say a special shout-out to Alexander Gagne, uh, pending free agent. Uh, hope you get somewhere good, buddy. I think when I look at the, this list, like the really important like couple of players are yeah. – the, the linebacker Patrick Levels, yeah. who's a uh, weak side, almost semi like Sam linebacker spot for the Alouettes, who's really verbally and just by his plays are really, really loud, very brash player. But that's like a big piece. Um, David Menard is a, is a good, good in, uh, interior lineman. He can move to the edge, but he's a Canadian, right? So that's, that's big for the ratio. Guys like that stand out for me. Jake Winicky as well is a guy you'd yeah. like to. If you're uh, if you're the Alouettes, but there's uh, like we said, we they got rid of Trevor Harris, so yeah. there's a lot of turnover coming in, and it's a really interesting little period to see yeah. what's going to happen with with Montreal here. Montreal has a large list; most of it, it does seem to be backups, so yeah. that's good for them. They've got most of their key pieces, like you said, Jake Winicky, Patrick Levels, uh, David, um, yeah, David Menard. Tony Washington is a piece there that you'd probably want to get re-signed. Um, yeah. But overall, Montreal's probably sitting fairly well with their a lot of their team from last year coming back. Yeah, they don't look nearly as bad as, like, we'll say other teams closer to our heart. But, yeah. Uh, moving along, we go to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, I think a big signing they've had so far this offseason, uh, Nate Bahar. Uh, mm-hmm. That guy's a staple in their receiving court, and sometimes as a 
insurance quarterback for that team. So uh, big one there. And that's, again, about all they've done. When I look at this, this Ottawa Redblacks free agency list, it looks like a lot of the big names, not to disregard the offense, but a lot of them look like on defense. Yeah. Defensive backs like Abdul Kane. Um, you go further down, Don Unamba, long-time original Ottawa Red Black, Antoine Pruno, guys like that really stick out. In the front seven, Mike Alway, who's a thumper at linebacker. Frank Beltre, uh, a really experienced pass rusher who got a lot of the starting reps this year. Looks like a lot of the big names are on defense for, like, starters. Yeah, for sure. When you look at offense, I guess the name that really stands out is Matt Nichols. Right. So. I wouldn't expect them to re-sign Matt Nichols. They seem to go a different route at quarterback, even once he did get healthy this season. At that point, their season was over, so they were just looking at what they have for the future with Caleb Evans. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wouldn't expect Matt Nichols to be back, and honestly, I don't know if I expect Matt Nichols to be a starter in this league next year. You know, yeah, it almost seems like last season after – Claros took his team and took him to the championship, right? That this was the season to decide for Matt Nichols. Like, are you good enough to be the starter? And he clearly didn't prove that. So it, it's, it almost be one of those things where he might just be a good backup at this point. Right. That's what I was going to say is if you're a team looking for a solid backup at quarterback, Matt Nichols is a good option to have. He's a veteran in this league and he knows his way around the CFL game. So if you have younger guys in the locker room too, he's, got a mind for teaching them the game but yeah there's some pieces to to sign there for Ottawa but this is a team looking to make big moves after a very disappointing season so I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of turnover on that team right especially with the new GM you know he wants to go in there and to make a stand to get the players and to set his team right right from his first get-go there right yeah Moving on to the team that had the biggest free agent splash last season that kind of tried to build their own super team. Didn't work for getting them to the cup, but the Toronto Argonauts signed a lot of big names last year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. They've already extended like a a nice little bunch of players already. Uh, You got guys, uh, Boris Beattie, who was a solid kicker, won them a few games this year. Uh, Darius Bladdock was a guy I know I was hoping was going to hit free agency and come back to Saskatchewan, but that sucks. Matthew Botang. Tavares um, Daniels, wide Tavares receiver. Daniels, yeah. Shane Richards on the line, who's been that's there for a, a long, a long time. Very one. stable offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, but they still have a lot of free agents that could really make a name for themselves somewhere else, right? Yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to throw him out because I used to love him, even though I know his time is done. Bear Woods, yep. love that guy. But his I, time honest, I didn't even really know he was still there. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> it's just one of those things. <laughs> I love the guy, though. Uh, but, like, you see, they got a back like John White, who I think still has plenty left in the tank. You got, uh, we saw that, I think Dexter McCoyle retired. He did retire, yeah. But he retired. But you got some names on here. Cordero Law is an edge rusher who has a lot of experience that could help somebody out. 
Um, and then the two big ones for me, considering how much I enjoy linebackers, is Kinak Muwamba and the former rider uh, draft pick, uh, Cameron Judge, are both free agents as of right now. Those are huge because those are two Canadian linebackers too. So having those guys is just a huge ratio breaker, and they're both two of the best. They're both for sure. And then I guess when he looked to McLeod Bethel Thompson is apparently a free agent. So, yeah, I know they've been working on getting a deal done with him. Um, but it's from what I've heard, it sounds like they might be close. Um, GM pinball Clemens kind of led it to let us to think that, but I honestly don't know if, if that's going to be the case, I could see him moving on and trying to get something going elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting because we already talked about Ottawa too, right? A lot of teams need to find their quarterback situation, their right fit. But besides that, like I said, those two linebackers, Kenak Muamba, Cameron Judge, both very capable starters, Canadian guys too, would help the ratio so much. I think those are big names to watch out for. Definitely. Talk about a team that was looking to find an identity at quarterback. It seems like the Hamilton Tiger Cats have made their pick when they extended Dane Evans. Um, That really makes you think that they're going to roll with Dane Evans as their starter next year. They haven't re-signed Jeremiah Masoli at this point, so I would assume he would hit the free agent market, but um, as far as players they've signed as well, um, big names, uh, Chris Van Zyl, a staple for an O-line there. Brandon Revenberg as well, just trying to bolster that O-line. So that's... Uh, Tunde Delicate too, a, yeah. Canadian, a Canadian starter in that secondary. He's back. But like when you look at this list, they have a lot of names. Like Ooh, a lot of is, names. Yeah. Ackland played really well. Of course, Brandon Banks, nobody can forget about Speedy B there. No. Jared Davis, who's an absolute perennial, I guess, what is it? All-star, I guess, not all yeah. pro, but all-star in the CFL. Siante Evans, a lot of experience in that secondary. Don Jackson, a decent little running back. Ted Laurent, Simone Lawrence. Mazzoli could be someone's quarterback. Javon Santos-Knox, another linebacker. Yeah. There's there's a lot of free agents. You have Dylan Wynn. That's a big one, Dylan. When he was, yeah, there's a, might there's have been a, their best defensive lineman this season on a team that had one of the best defensive lines in the league, right? And there's a lot of guys here that are going to find somewhere new or need yeah. to be locked up if if Hamilton wants to once again make it back to the Great Cup and try to win one. Right? Well, that's a thing with a team like Hamilton. You almost wonder is they've been so close for so long and it doesn't seem like they can get it done. So right. guys that have been around the league for a while and are starting to get up there in age and maybe want to start chasing a ring. I don't know if you want to do that in Hamilton. Does Simone Lawrence want to stay in Hamilton or does he want to go elsewhere and try and win a great cup? It's so tough to say, right? Because for how well coached this team is and for how good they have been, you could realistically come back and probably go to the Grey Cup again. But it's just the thing is, are you actually going to win one of these? And you don't know. There's just, it's it's sports, right? You never know when your your window is closing to be a championship team, right? And 
I get a very similar vibe from talking to the, the guys from the Packers this weekend too, after they dropped being a one seed and dropped that game, it just feels like everybody's just exhausted and they don't think it's going to work. Right. Like you almost wonder if it's the same thing in Hamilton here. Exactly. Teams that are so close, but can't take that final steps. We move on to the defending Grey Cup champions, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And this team, people were looking at this team with hungry eyes. There's a lot of key pieces to a Grey Cup team here that are ready to hit the free agent market. And these guys have done nothing but re-sign those players. Guys like Adam Big Hill, Stanley Bryant, Zach Caleros, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson both resigned as well. Uh, Jonathan Kongbo, Mike Miller, Patrick Newfeld. That that's yeah, a core, did, the core of that team right there. They did a real good job of bringing their the most of their best guys back, right? Yeah, because there's there's still some names like Winston Rose is a good defender. The big one is there is uh, of course. The Andrew Harris is yeah. the big name that's still up in there that we don't know. But for for the most part, they brought most of their guys back. There's a couple names here and there. They even brought yeah. even brought back a guy like Jesse Briggs, a national linebacker who's just really good, right? Yeah. Kobe could maybe play a part in a rotation. Brandon Alexander is a starter on the secondary. Darvin Adams is a big name, but who's to say they're not going to just re-sign these guys, right? Exactly. There's still two weeks to go in this uh, re-signing period, so we could see a lot change before we actually hit the free agent market. Yeah, but yeah, like I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Darvin Adams and Andrew Harris go back with the core of guys they still have there being so familiar. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think the biggest one of the biggest names here that will likely move on uh, is running back Brady Oliveira. Uh, right. That's a guy who had a lot of success this season when Andrew Harris was injured and is probably ready to take that next step into being a starter for a team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he absolutely showed that he has the right stuff. He has the talent. He's young. Like he can be a starter in this league. Right. So yeah. it's just a matter of who's going to pick him up. Yeah. I assume he will test the test the market and find himself a starting role somewhere. Right. We're going to skip over a certain province that we maybe live in and we'll save them for last. So we'll move on to the Calgary Stampeders now. Great. Um, these guys have re-signed some key pieces as well. Uh, coming back partway through the season to the team was Reggie Begleton, who has re-signed. Um, they re-signed. Jake Mayer was a big one for them. He's been a solid backup quarterback, and when Bo Levi has been hurt, he's gone in there and played like a starter. He was a guy I thought might try and test the waters and find himself a starting job in one of those yeah, quarterback-hungry teams. Uh, offensive lineman Sean McEwen's been around there for a while. He's back with the team. Mike Rose, a solid defensive lineman for them, back again too. They, they've done a good job at re-signing some key pieces. A uh, big piece I think they've signed, too, would be offensive lineman Derek Dennis after he was granted his release from the Edmonton Elks. Yep. 
there's a couple of names on this Calgary free agent list that are interesting to me, though. Um, a couple, like a couple veteran guys here, uh, like Brandon Dozer in the secondary. Brandon Dozer, um, Sean Lemon is a name of a guy who could really help with pass rush, especially if you have young guys you can help out. Um, Jameer Thurman is a as a linebacker that really took another step and played really well. Jamar Wall, a veteran in the secondary. And then I guess Kadeem Carey is one that stands out for me. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, a, that's a running back that was a real man this year. That guy looked – thought in that semifinal game, that guy could run the rock. Yeah, that guy – oh, that – he is such a good running back. And you hear everybody talk too, and as a Ryder fan – I want to hate Calgary Stampeders players and nobody can say anything but good things about Kadeem Carey and how nice of a guy he is. And I hate it because I want to hate the guy because he's so good and he's so good against the riders and he's nothing but a nice guy. So it'll be interesting to see if he decides to test the waters somewhere else. I think an interesting one here too, just due to the way the Calgary Stampeders season ended is kicker Rene Paradis. That was my, that was where my eyes went next to. Yeah. That's a guy who struggled in the semifinal in Regina. Um, missed a kick in overtime that would have sent the game to a third overtime. So It'd be interesting to see if that's enough for them to move on from a guy who's been a staple on that team for a long time. It was almost, we had this debate after like the game, that semifinal game, you heard people say like, maybe this is the end for Renee Paredes. But like, if I'm the Stamp Peters, if he doesn't ask for too much, I'd probably resign him for how consistent he's been and the kind of legacy he has with that team. But you never know who's coming out. If you find someone better, obviously take take the shot. But yeah, definitely. Um, I think another interesting name you brought him up too would be Sean Lemon, and the way his season ended as well was being ejected from that game for throwing a punch at Duke Williams um, at the end of the first half. Doesn't look good, especially in a playoff game, but that guy has been around the league for a long time and he's been a staple. I don't know if that'll affect him much. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if that'll stop him from getting a job, but just because he has been around so long and has done so much in this league, right? Been so consistent, a big, a big name. He's always good for what 10, 12 sacks a year, right? Consistently. Yep. We move on to the Chris Jones-led Edmonton Elks, and this is a team that we are going to see so much turnover in. It's going to be unrecognizable as the team from last year. We already saw some major releases once Chris Jones comes in. I mean, you always see major releases when Chris Jones comes in and takes over a team. We saw it in Saskatchewan, too, with huge names getting cut. He released Weston Dressler, didn't he? That was a... Ooh, yeah, John Chick. John Chick and... Yeah. 
like when they of those like lists of guys they released um the big one that caught my eye was servants and rogers right yeah former lineman of the year maybe a couple times but just a a really a little bit older in age i'll give you that but a really reliable player on the o-line and for a certain uh, green and white team that needs some help there i would love to see it but uh we'll get to that later yeah um as far as the team extending players goes, they've extended um, wide receiver Mike Jones. Uh, he's been a staple on that receiving core for a couple of years now, I believe. So good to see him back for that team. Uh, Taron, Tavon Smith is another wide receiver. Uh, James Wilder, they signed James him Wilder was, uh, yeah, today was the big news broke as we record this today on Monday um, that he re-signed with the team. So he says he has unfinished business. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. On, this list isn't as big as I thought it'd be for guys no. who I thought would be like, Oh, they need them. Right. Cause I mean, Greg Ellingson is one. Uh, Kwaku Botang, another one on the edge there. Um, Darrell Walker in that receiving core as well. Walker, yeah. And then a, a really reliable piece, actually, in that linebacker secondary piece is Derek Moncrief. He's yes. a free agent right now. We've seen him play for the Riders in a couple different versions, but he's a really reliable player, too, I'd watch out for. Yeah. I think this will be a completely different team. I think most of the guys that you see on this free agent list that are pending free agents for Edmonton will hit the open market. Yeah. I don't think they'll try and do much. Um, Chris Jones wants to rebuild this team. If you know anything about Chris Jones, you know he wants to make the team his team and not the guy before him's team. No, he's yeah, we know he's gonna rehaul this team. He's gonna sign the guys he wants to work in his scheme with his coaches, and he's gonna make this his own, right? Yeah, exactly. So expect to see speaking of his own. Did you hear that rumor that he wants to try out Duran Carter to be a defensive back for him? Yeah, not even a receiver. He wants to just say, you know what? We we tried the experiment and it it worked. We're gonna bring you in as a defensive back, Duran. I want to see it personally. He did play a couple of those games where he got some defensive back reps. Like he's played it in this league very briefly, right? He has two pick sixes in his career. Yeah, he's a big he's a big he's a big body too. It's a, a, hey man, if he can make it work, kudos to him. That's a that'll be an interesting little pet project to see if it turns out like Nick Marshall for the Riders or yeah. if it turns out like Tim Tebow for the Jags, right? We'll see how this ends <laughs> up. A lot of Rider Nation may have some bitter memories of, of Deron Carter with the way his time ended in Saskatchewan, but we'll always like that we got the greatest call in sports. I'm going to say sports history from Rod Peterson when he got that pick six against Bo Levi. Bo yep. Levi, shut your mouth. Yes, sir. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. We will move right along to the team out west, the BC Lions. Um, just today as well, on Monday, news broke. Uh, quarterback Michael Riley is retiring from pro football and will not be returning to the team. So a little bit of a shocker there. We had heard some rumors, but congrats, Michael, on an amazing career. Uh, two-time Grey Cup champion. This You made this league better. You did. You were an amazing quarterback in this league. There, there was like a period of 
time where I would I would confidently say a that he was my favorite quarterback in the league because he was so just so tough. He was when you think of football and playing quarterback, Mike Riley was that. He would stand in that pocket and wait to take the hit if that means finding his guy and letting the, the route develop. The guy didn't didn't know how to slide, didn't want to slide. He was always taking the hits, fighting for yards. And we look back now, maybe that's the reason why he's going to retire right now when he does. But Mike Riley's been a treat to watch. Um, and like I said, there was a time where he's my favorite quarterback in the league. And you're sad to see him go, but I'm happy he left on his own terms, right? Yeah, it's – again, congrats on the career, Mike. Michael, sorry. I know you – we can't call you Mike anymore. Michael. Um, but that leaves BC in a position where they need a quarterback. And I think most people would assume that that quarterback next season will be Trevor Harris. Uh, you got head coaching there now, Rick Campbell, who was with Trevor for a long time in Ottawa. Um, I'll even go as far as say, I bet you they have a deal done already and they're just giving Mike Riley his retirement announcement. Which is interesting when you see some of these free agents now, you almost wonder if some of these guys are being tempted to come back if they know Trevor Harris is going to be there or if they're trying to find clear waters with how BC's been, right? A guy like Brian Burnham, who's a mainstay in this league, one of the best receivers in the league, is a free agent. Jarrell Figueroa is a longtime offensive lineman. He's now a free agent. Um, Chris Rainey's a free agent. You know, I mean, there's like there's some guys on offense that they could that could see their way out of here just in time for Michael Riley's retirement, right? Yeah. Um, guy, they did resign and a staple of that offense this past season is lucky whitehead so right that was a guy that i know probably everybody in the league was licking their lips seeing him as a free agent because we saw him start his career in winnipeg and he did some damage as a returner but then got to bc and really started to do damage as an offensive player another guy they extended to which is good is uh sue chung on their offensive line yeah, that guy's a that guy's a mean guard, right? It's good to have him back if you're the BC Lions. Definitely, oh, and Lee, a really good, reliable defensive back in that secondary. This team doesn't seem to have too many huge names as pending free agents. No, not not terribly. Like I said, those like three or four I mentioned are really the big ones, yeah. and everybody else seems to be. Depth players to a point, right? Yeah. So I think the thing you got to do if you're if you're BC is really bolster that quarterback position now that you don't have one of the greatest of all time in the CFL. So it's going to be a new beginning, right? We'll see who their guy is at quarterback and what they make it. But yeah. And that leaves us with just one team. Just one. And that is your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We've been covering this a little bit in our few episodes um, we've done since the end of the season. Uh, some signings that we've already covered on the show. Defensive lineman Charbrell DeBeer, offensive lineman Logan Furland, long snapper Jorgen Hughes, offensive lineman Evan Johnson, running back Keenan LaFrance, defensive lineman 
AC Leonard, DB Nick Marshall, linebacker Micah Tyson, offensive lineman Taryn Vaughn. That list is a that's amazing to see all of those guys back. Yeah, those those are big names that are coming back, and you you love to see that, right? Yeah, and since then we've had a few signings too over the past two weeks. Uh, you had fullback Albert Awachi, uh, defensive back Mike Edom, uh, mm-hmm. running back and return specialist Jamal Morrow. And then the onslaught of receivers. You had two guys um, that have been around the team for a while, kind of in that practice roster and slowly making their way onto the active roster role. And that's Justin McInnes and Paul McRoberts. Right. I'm really glad to see both those guys back. It's always good to see guys that are sit there silently on the bench and on the practice roster and are still committed to the team and are just waiting to, for their chance to show what they got. Right. And you really hope that this year being our, our year, that those guys come to play, right? That they yeah. can contribute in a big way. Um, we had also a big signing, I believe, uh, in more of a special teams role, and that was wide receiver Jake Hardy. Right. That guy. That guy has been around and just waiting for so long. He got injured in, what, 2018? and has been just sitting there waiting on with the riders for his chance. And he got it this season and he's made the most of it in a special teams role. Yeah. He's a, he's been really good. If you watch, there's like, I think it was the riders put up a clip of him just on special teams, gunning people down. Yeah. Like, hey, I love to see that. Keep that guy around. We need exactly. that. And then you had the two, Biggest signings for the Riders in that receiving core so far. You have a wide receiver, Shaq Evans, and wide receiver, Kyran Moore, both yep. coming back to the Riders. Great to see both those guys back. Absolutely. It's been a weird year. Kyron Moore, absolutely awesome. Even when we were injured at a lot of times, he was kind of the, the linchpin of trying to get that passing game going. Very versatile, more in that slot position, so you love to see him come back. And Shaq Evans, for this last season, was his weird season. He was hurt. His body language looked a little weird at points. But if he's committed and he's ready to go full health, like it's there's nothing better than seeing him burning down the sideline for a catch, right? Yeah, I honestly think that that injury he got just kind of shook him up for the season. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't be surprised by that. And it'll be exciting to see him come back. I, I said this today to somebody else, too. Um, you don't often see guys have back-to-back bad years, right? You always see the bad year and then the comeback season. So I'd expect to see that out of Shaq this season. We move to the pending free agents and it's still a long list for the riders. Riders have the most free pending free agents out of any team in the league with before any of the signings 50 on that list, which is, a lot. I've I've like a little list of the names I condensed down who I thought are like yeah. the pretty important ones, and it's pretty alarming how many names are still on there. Well, run through it for us. We got Ellie Buka, who got a lot of time in our secondary. Ed Gainey, who showed in the playoffs he can still pick off a ball. A very experienced player on our in our secondary. Um, 
Larry Dean, who was hurt before the year started, but we know the kind of linebacker and leadership he can bring. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him back because he never yeah. really played anyways. But Dion Lacey, who took his spot in the middle there. Uh, Luches Purifoy, who was our defensive player of the year, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And then Micah Johnson, uh, another all-star in the CFL at a defensive tackle, who's had a who has had a couple like met years with Saskatchewan, but you know he takes those double team blocks, right? That really yeah, opens exactly. Uh, and then of course we still have Jordan Williams, Lambert, Duke Williams among the receiving core. You'd love to see back to really bring that into full power for that passing game for uh, for. Cody Fajardo. Yeah. And then an interesting name is William Powell. I assume we get a new back this year, but that's a guy that maybe hasn't, isn't run the tank out yet, but I don't think we bring him back. And Brett Lothar is a free agent. Brett Lothar is a big one. I believe he's been so reliant for this team for the past few years. And he's a guy who's, been waiting and waiting for that NFL opportunity. Uh, during the canceled season, you can see him on Twitter every week tagging each and every NFL team on videos he was posting on Twitter of him working out, him making kicks. And I don't know how that guy hasn't got a job down south yet. Yeah, we see his time might be coming. We see a lot of teams who have good kickers and how, how, like how much of a factor that is in, in all of football. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a look in the off season. Yeah. Well, you saw it to go into a little NFL kickers matter in the NFL right now. You had three of four games in the divisional playoff round, come down to a walk-off field goal. So get yourself a good kicker because you're going to need it in the NFL and Brett Lowther's a good kicker. Based on the names that we mentioned, though, there's a lot of guys we need to sign in our secondary or get new secondary players. Yeah, which is... Between even a backup guy like LJ McCray, I didn't mention. He's a free yeah. agent, too. Not to mention all the starters that you mentioned, like, like Ganey and Purifoy, who are not signed. That's the biggest position group that we don't have under contract that's concerned. Yeah, because it was such a, a solid, tight-knit group the past few years, too. Ed Ganey and Luches Purifoy and Mike Adam and Nick Marshall were staples of this team, and it's going to be unfortunate if we have to see those guys go elsewhere. Like I said, this, this has got to be the year that we really – oh, A.J. Hendy, too, free agent, another yeah. defensive back. Yeah, like I said, this has to be a year where we really get deep and hard and we shell out the money. Yeah. There's no way we can't sell out for this great cup win at home. A.J. Hendy's a guy I don't expect to see back this season, this next no, season. No, but absolutely not. I yeah. agree with you. But when I you believe, look, like, it leaves us thin. Yeah, I believe A.J. Hendy before the playoff game was told he wasn't going to start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Left. Yeah. Left the team. So, right. I – you pull an Antonio Brown and you're not coming back. Sorry, but No, absolutely not. And then the guy we mentioned, too, the bobsled king himself, Jacob Dearborn, also a free agent, right? Another yeah. player secondary on that special team side as well. 
it, there's some work to do here for Jeremy O'Day. Um, yeah. I know he said going into the offseason after the West final loss, a lot of pressure on this team to build a Grey Cup roster with the yeah. Grey Cup being in Regina this year. Um, he wants to bring back most of the starters from last season. This is a Grey Cup squad. This was a Grey Cup team minus a few pieces. Realistically, like, we get Duke Williams back. Yeah, I'd like to see Williams Lambert back. Not terribly necessary because of our, how good our receivers are, yeah. but I'd like to see it. We need that secondary. We need upgrades on the offensive line. And then I would like to see one big player, other probably in the linebacking core. I would like to see one big name. Like I said, we have Micah Tights, which is good. That's a good Canadian starter that we can keep. But with Larry Dean and with Dion Lacey being free agents, I'd like to see us, if we can get a Hinak Mwamba maybe, to get Micah Alway, somebody at the linebacker core that can make some plays, right? Yeah, for sure. That about wraps up each team. So right now, I want to ask you, tell me one player that is a pending free agent in the league that you would like to see on the riders next year. <laughs> I got, I got one for each side of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. Okay. Okay. You go through, I'll find my defense Great. and special teams. One of them is, is a little bit like, all right. Yeah. But Brett Lothar is my special teamer. I want him back. He's been so good, so reliable, and you need a kicker. That's just how it is in all situations. You need somebody you can depend on. And he's been that good. I want him back. Um, we talked about this between us at different points throughout podcasts and off the podcast. If we're going to get a new running back, Kadeem Carey is a guy that can carry the rock. No pun intended. But that guy has the speed. He has the power. He's a really balanced. He has good balance. You can see if you watch him run. Very strong runner. I would love to see him in the green for a great cup run. That would be very exciting and if we can't get him maybe even oliviera wouldn't be so bad to give a look right yeah we saw how good he played oliviera's a, a canadian right he is yeah him and andrew which, harris went to the same high school which is good for the depth too right oliviera could be a good pickup and then on that defense i guess like i said in, in between micah alway who's a big thumper out of ottawa at linebacker, who I think could cause some havoc, cause some fumbles, or a reliable guy, get him back, Hinek Mwamba. Guy who's been on Grey Cup teams, knows how to win, a solid veteran. One of those guys I would like to see in our defense in the middle. Yeah, definitely. I think if I had to choose a defensive player from this list to bring to the Riders, I'm going to bring a guy back, and I'm going to say I want to see Cam Judge on the Riders again. Okay. I, I think if you can bring in Cam Judge and have Micah Tights around, those are two guys you have to you have to flip. I think Micah Tights to that middle spot from that will, but I think he'll have success there. And Cam Judge was electric when he was on this team. Um, from the offensive side, oh. Actually, I want to throw another defense player out there yep. quickly. When I look at the likelihood that we're going to have some turnover in that secondary, 
I think a guy that would be interesting to bring in would be Antoine Prudeau. Mm-hmm. I think having that Canadian in that in that defensive backfield too to kind of flip in there with Mike Edom as well would be very interesting. Prudeau's a good piece because he, he we've seen that he's really versatile too. He can play that Sam linebacker spot too yeah. if you need him, right? Definitely. Which is always that big worry when you are flipping your secondary is who's going to be able to play also close to the box like that, right? And that'd be a big piece. Yeah. You touched on it on offense when we talked about him earlier, but a guy who's currently a free agent that I want to see is Servants of Rogers. Right. I think that's a guy who can just bolster that offensive line for this year. He's an older guy, like you said. He's getting up there in age. His career is coming to an end. But we're in a win right now time when the Grey Cup is in Regina. You got to build a team to win right now. We saw the Riders do it in 2013. You build the all-star team. So do it again. Bring in a guy to win right now. And I think Sir Vincent Rogers. And on special teams, I'm not going to go any different from you. Bring back, back Brett Lawler if you can. If he's going to the NFL, that's great. I will cheer for him to never miss a kick in the NFL and stay there for a long time. But if for some reason he doesn't get a look, bring him back. Yeah. So like this, this is the year, right? If we're going to sign guys, even if it's just veteran reliable guys, like a guy like Sean Lemon, even just to help rotate in on the D line, right? This is the year that we need to be going full tilt. I mean, I can, I can accept if, after this, we have a couple of whatever years, as long as we get the Grey Cup at home in front of Rider Nation. Exactly. That's really the goal. This is a win right now. You can't afford to not win the Grey Cup this year, especially with the way the CFL is going. Um, ticket sales are down. There's no getting around it. Uh, the league is in trouble. Winning a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan is going to give you ticket sales in Saskatchewan and merchandise sales and just a Grey Cup in general that's going to make you a lot of money right now. And that's money that doesn't just stay in Regina anymore, right? There's the revenue sharing now. This is money for everybody. Exactly. If you know what's good from a business standpoint, I don't care what team you are, you want the Raptors in the Grey Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. You want, you want the riders or you, you want the bombers. That's, that's how it is. Right. Exactly. And we've already seen the bombers win twice. We don't want them anymore. Nah. Uh, so there's a lot of work to do for the riders, but Jeremy O'Day is a good GM. We've yeah. There's, there's no things. reason for us not to trust O'Day from what he's nope. done while he's been GM. Like I said, it's just that this year there's the pressure is on. That's the exactly. only difference. But he's given us no reason to not trust him. And I trust he's when free agency opens at the beginning of February that he's going to get stuff done. Yeah. He was not the GM in 2013, but I believe he was with the team in a player player personnel role. So he knows he's seen that pressure before. So we'll see how he handles it as the sole GM of the team. Any final closing thoughts on this Booth CFL free agency preview? Like I mentioned before, fridge is just one of those days. The day it opens up, you're always on your phone. You're always in your Twitter because there's deals done 
all day long, all hours of the night, right? There's, there's a lot of times they say they're not tampering, but there's deals done right at the start of the day, oh, right? Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be, I think. Besides the riders, I'm most interested, like we talked about, to see what what kind of team Chris Jones is going to field this year with those Edmonton Elks because he is so 100% himself and all of his teams are him. I'm interested to see the moves that they do and the way that that roster is going to shape up in an ultra competitive West division. Yeah. He's never been a guy to shy away from just making a team, his team. And no matter who's on that team, when he steps on as in a player personnel role, there, nobody's job is safe. No, mostly not. But that about wraps it up for this episode of the Booth Podcast. As we said before, CFL Free Agency officially opens on February 8th at noon Eastern time. So keep your eyes on your Twitter. We'll be tweeting out about all the biggest signings, especially the ones with the Rough Riders. As always, like, share, subscribe. It all helps. Get the podcast out there. We love having you guys listen. We love bringing you the content. So keep getting it out there. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the booth EC. Head on over to that merch store. Bunch of new items on there. Get your merch. It's great stuff. Spreadshirt does a great job managing our merch so we'll shout them out too this has been the booth podcast this has been our cfl free agency preview i've been rich he's been dave we'll see you next time on the booth podcast